Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men podcast, the final podcast of the season. We are live on YouTube right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you joining us live in the comments. You can interact with us if you want to. Um, if you're not already a Red Men YouTube member, you can become one and you can spam the comments full of incredible emotes, including the Premier League trophy uh, and a whole host of other things as well. Uh, but I am joined for this amazing podcast, the podcast of champions um, by the wonderful Ben Kelly. By the, the look, the most incredible of all, really, John Machen, but without whom, you know, I, I, I just simply wouldn't be here. Um, and uh, our, our good friend, the magnificent Mister Mister James Sutton. Um, yes, uh, we're gonna have a kickoff question um, to get us up and running. I was disappointed by the quarter. I did leave it late, to be honest, and we got a few, we got a few funny ones in. But I, I, I also didn't put this in the agenda, so I wanted to show on it in somewhere. James, hi, hi, mate. Good. Um, Jürgen Klopp apparently rang Fergie at three o'clock in the morning to tell him that Liverpool had won the title. Who do you think he rang next? Oh, that's a good question. Who do you think he rang next? And more importantly, while we're having a little muse on that, do you reckon it was Jürgen's idea? No, no, no chance. No, it was Trent. It was Trent Alexander. <laughs> Oh, pissed, pissed up at half two in the morning going, God, give us that, give us your phone, Jürg, I'll bell him, I'll bell him, lad. Have you got that, that Fergie's number? Have you? Ah, hey, you know what you've got to do? You've got to give him a bell. You've got to give him a bell. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's what happened. And yeah. I hope, I hope he rang Gary Neville next. <laughs> Woke, woke, woke the Neville household up in the, in the morning, <laughs> just singing down the phone to him. That's what in, I'd have done. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, Dad, it doesn't get any better than, than, than the idea that our manager, Frank Alex Ferguson at 3 a.m. You're like, ah, oh, hello. What's great, what's great about it is that he actually had to tell people that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't keep it a secret. He had to tell people <laughs> Club had rung him. <laughs> oh, so the question is though, which one was which one was the most drunk at the time? <laughs> Fergie was just sat up in a darkened room, <laughs> looking at the wall of his medals, and just watching. You know, and, and in, in his mind, it was all unraveling. 
It was all because he yeah, got yeah. dust the dust gather on all of his all of his medals and honours at Manchester United. A thick layer of dust and and and, and you know, as the path set in. Um it's like Marley's ghost appearance of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you reckon, Ben? You know, it, it was if you were Jurgen Klopp, you've got off the phone with Fergie, you're laughing your head off with Trent and Robbo and probably Ox, presumably. <laughs> who's, your, who's your next call to? Um, obviously, Pep Guardiola. <laughs> obviously, because you go, well, I'm on a roll here, so I might as well tell everybody who doesn't like me. So I'll phone up Pep. And I'll go, Pep, do you know, do you know, do you know where you finished this season? Do you know where you finished? Yeah, well, we finished above you and I've got my medal in my hand and that's how I'd, that's how I'd go about it. Yeah, I love that. A video call, you just imagine. Yeah, Pep, Pep out of just, just gets into bed, he's just mad, he's just, you know, gone, oh, he's recriminating and yeah, just, just settle, just drifting off into a fitful street, you stay asleep, he's thinking, I can think, well, at least I can concentrate on the Champions League now and then, yeah, FaceTime on his phone. And he knows what it is. He, he sees it come up and he just rolls his eyes. Yeah, oh, that's fine. Fine. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. It's Defo Fergie. Then who else could possibly? Who else could possibly most benefit from a call from from Jurgen Klopp? I like the fact that it might have been like Carlo Ancelotti said. Just you know, like just to the mind. Full out. <laughs> and you manage Everton now. Oh, 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 oh. oh God, brilliant. Um, right, yes, uh, we've got a, a topic each from the guys. I'm glad they managed to get that in because it genuinely made my week. Um, <laughs> uh, my dad wants to ask, what is your favourite type of goal? Ben wants to talk about what your favourite piece of uh, title celebration content has been. James wants to talk about the... Degsy Lovren and the legacy that he leaves behind and I want to do the same for Lallana so we're going to discuss all of those things if people want to talk about them they can do in the comments alongside live or of course after the fact in the comments underneath or by tweeting us at the Redmen TV but first uh, we've been recording our post-season content we've done the uh, a big season review we have done the season player ratings and we've got a whole host of amazing stuff coming up on the RedmenTV.com here's a clip First and foremost, uh, from the massive season review two-parter that we recorded yesterday. I've been you very fucking hate Jordan Henderson. I did. That clear. I did. <laughs> I've been very, very critical of him on this show and your other shows many, many times before. I think one of the things I always used to say is, how can the captain of the football club be someone who isn't definitely in your best eleven? And that's not even there anymore, is it? Because he absolutely isn't the best eleven. I don't know many players who could come in and, and take that spot from anywhere in the world. Um, he's proved me wrong. He's proved so many people wrong. And when Liverpool, when this period of the Liverpool Football Club's history is made into a Last Dance-esque documentary, he should be the Michael Jordan figure of it. He should be the focus of that documentary. And coming in as a nine-year-old kid or whatever he was from Sunderland and then nearly going to Fulham in part exchange for Clint Dempsey exactly. to then holding the two biggest prizes in European football above his head and a few others to boot. He, he needs a documentary. Yeah, it is.
There we go. Yes, the season review is a massive two-part special uh, with myself, Sam Walker, uh, Chris Payjack and Adam Rowe. Uh, two-part, wonderful, wonderful in-depth show looking back at all the highs and lows of an incredible Liverpool season. Uh, and we're going to have the player season ratings, which is a three-part show. Um, and we're going to be doing uh, player, players of the year. There's a three-part, uh, uh, three-episode uh, documentary series coming out in a week or two as well. There's loads of stuff to keep you entertained. As I say, this is the last podcast for a few weeks uh, we're going to be taking a bit of a break from a lot of the like the, the live produced content just while everyone recharges the batteries but we have got you guys covered so do go over to the redmentv.com sign up there it's five pounds a month uh, and you get all that additional content you get it in video form you get it in podcast form and you're going to get uh, loads of exclusive interviews with liverpool legends past and present there is an interview with jordan henderson uh, that we did at his mural that we made that we're still absolutely incredibly proud of uh, and shall be for the foreseeable future that's going to be up there and there'll be a documentary that coming out on youtube very soon as well anyway um so yes um dad you wanted to ask what people's first or favorite type of goal is do you want to just expand on that for us yeah i was thinking because um we had that breakaway goal against chelsea to finish the night off and uh ox got on the end of a, a really quick break with robbo down the down the left and how much i enjoyed watching that goal and I thought my probably my, most people's favourite moment of the whole season was Mo Salah's breakaway against United, where he ripped his shares off after scoring, and then turned around to see Allison sliding in on his knees to celebrate the goal. And over the, over the years that Mo and, and Mane have been with us, we've scored some sensational breakaway goals, and they're really satisfying to watch. And it, it got me wondering whether. I like them more than I like the screamers where someone hits one from 30 yards into the top corner, like Steven Gerrard type goals, or those lovely intricate one-twos around the edge of the box, which end up with Bobby slipping a back heel into to Mo to slip in the corner. You know, I, I was just wondering what people's favourite type was. For me, I've come to the conclusion that it's definitely the breakaways because I love bouncing up and down, you know, waiting for it to go in the net. Yeah, I think it's a. I think I think it's a belter question. My immediate reaction, um, James, was, well, it, obviously it's screamers because there's something to score. You know, you win goal the, the season when you bang one in from forty yards or whatever. But I actually, I, 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 I think that's a pretty decent shout. Go on, what, 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 what is it that stands out for you? Um, I think I think I think it's changed over time. I think when I think when you're a kid and when, when you know when you're young watching football. It's all about the screamer, isn't it? It's all about that, Gerard! And, you know, it, that's that's what you do in the playground. That's what, yeah. you you know, you live for. But I think as you get older and I think as you understand the kind of intricacies of, of the play more and you, you understand the, 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 the formation and the shape and, 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 and you know, the... the, the yeah, so as I, as I get older, it's definitely the more intricate stuff. And also that's, that's a kind of a more of a fair reflection on this Liverpool team as well like those kind of team goals like you were saying just then you know the that those those quick passing going up I, I look back to the uh to Trent's goal against Leicester my my favorite game of the, of the season Trent's goal that summed everything up there's like four passes goes to Trent first time hit so you get a little bit of both a little bit of a screamer and a little bit of, of intricate yeah. play Mwah! yeah oh yeah chef's kiss absolutely love it um <laughs> 
Ben, I mean, look, I, I, I think Jesus is right there. I, I, that, I remember Gerrard scoring an absolute thunderbolt against Man United that he's got no right to hit as hard as he does, given that it's under his feet, like back in like 2000, and 2000, 2001, or whatever this would have been. And then maybe mate just spent like the week in the park practicing it and shouting Gerrard as loud as possible whilst trying to make connection with the ball. But yeah, go on, what, what is it? What's, you know, what, what is your go to goal? Um, I like, personally, I like like the individual take on the whole team kind of goals that and you know, I've like... seen you play five aside Ben I can fully understand why that, <laughs> why that was your favorite yeah time. okay um but like like the the goal against Liverpool last week I think it was Abraham's goal but it looked uh, but Pulisic goes through and it's just that that close control that, that maybe over the recent years Eden Hazard's been most famous for um Mo Salah scored a great goal against Tottenham um in the seven, in his first season late on where he just darting through everybody and then he dinks it over Lloris and I think those type of goals are so Josh Josh Anoma scored one for Fulham last night in the playoff semi-final for Fulham um, and um, what was the other oh the Son one that won the goal of the season against Burnley for Tottenham this season just just goals that you think Jesus I, I'm just not capable like you any really you know most people could hit one dead hard and it might go in one time out of a hundred but I'm definitely not capable of dribbling past seven or eight men to get Towards the goal and then put it in the goals. I'll have the composure to put it in the goals. So I think they're I think they're the ones I appreciate the most. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I I I I think I think there's different types of going different types of situation. I think there's definitely something to like Fabinho. Fabinho scores against Man City. Scores an absolute thunderbolt. I think the context is important in the goal yeah. as much as anything else. Because I can like I, let's use saves as an example of this. I think you can. I think back to like I think it was Carius against Newcastle like a couple of seasons ago, and he, he made this full stretch dive into his right fingertips round the post, like exceptional uh, archetypal goalkeeper save, and it looked brilliant. But Allison's save against Napoli and you know in, in the Champions League, when it's when you play it back, it actually doesn't look that good a save. But the context of the game, all the stuff around it, and then the raw emotion that outpours from it, that that adds to it. So I actually I, I, any type of goal I think can be my favourite type of goal. But I, I think if I, for the sake of not being that tit who has to say like, I like all goals um, I, I, I agree with I agree with you dad but in the under the context of when you're under the cosh and maybe maybe you've got a one goal lead and you're absolutely under the cosh and you, and you think oh god hang on hang on hang on and then you and then you get it out and you break and then like and again this is why the Man United one's a great yeah, example it's of it like, because uh, it's like you can see the corner or a free kick and the opposition are thinking, oh, well, you know, we're, we're putting them under pressure now, we're going to get a goal. And 10 seconds later, they've conceded one. That's absolutely brilliant. I just yeah. love that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, that, that one, because you, you're there, you're on the edge of your seat, everyone's holding the breath and going, come on, like, everyone's screaming, like, get it out, get it out, get it out. And what, what you want to see from all, every instinct in your body, from every, any level of football you've played, if you've ever played 11-a-side football, the amount of times that in those situations, your job is to kick the ball as hard as you can. And you, and you literally celebrate kicking the ball hard, like a goal. But then what happens instead is, like the most Salah breakaway, like, you know, we, we, we saw the other night as well, is when you play a couple of touches and all of a sudden you're away. And what you get, the double bubble of it, particularly with Salah's goal in that one, is... The game is won then. 
because it's so late in the match. You know you've done it. So not only do you get the pressure, the release of the pressure, the score, the goal, but you also get to enjoy the rest of the match as well. Like, well, that, that was that was special, that one, because obviously as soon as he'd done that, the cop starts a chance and we're going to win the league yeah. for the first mm. time. And everyone knew we were. Yeah. That, so that really does add a bit of piquancy to that one. Yeah, definitely. Ben? I was just going to say, I think the best example that I've seen, the Mo Salah one from this year is good, but the Mo Salah one away at Southampton last season in the purple kits, mm. that was the best one. Because there was the release of, because the title race was so intense, yeah. and, it was, and it gave us the lead again. And obviously, it didn't go our way. But that night, that was a Friday night. We'd done our job, and that goal meant that we'd done our job for that weekend. And the pressure was back on City. And yeah, I remember uh-huh. that because you you were all watching him going, "Go on, go on, go on." And then there's that there's that split second of silence when the ball's in the air. And then it goes in, and you all go mad, and it's yeah, well, it's brilliant. That that one is good. Yeah, it's great because I remember I was doing a, a like a sponsored video for some for like God, like a, was it one of the tire sponsors or something stupid, whatever it was. I mean, they're fine. Please continue to throw money my way. Um, but like I, I was being followed by a by a cameraman for that, and it was horrible and awkward, and I hate that anyway. But like. I had someone charting my reactions in that moment where Mo, you think he's missed it because he just takes it a bit too much of a touch, and then, and he's overplayed it, and then he starts it. No, I, yeah, those. I think it might well be it. Might, might well be those. Um, right, we'll we'll move on to the next question. But we have had a super chat in where we've been chatting from Ashley Frith, who just, just wants to say a massive thank you to the Red Men, keeping me going during lockdown. Been a subscriber to the website for a while and love it. There you go. Not only thank you very much for the for the super chat, Ashley, but also thank you very much for the you, for for paying to recommend us. I like that. I like that a lot. It's <laughs> like the ideal world scenario as far as super chats go for me. Uh, yes, he's uh, Ashley's. Doing um, the the RedmenTV.com subscription, and you, you should you should all should too. Um, right, next uh, next question that uh, comes from uh, yeah the next topic. I should say Ben. It, it Ben over to you. Um, I, I this crossed my mind the other day when I was obviously endlessly scrolling through Instagram, looking at all the possible pictures um, that I could of all the title list and stuff, and I saw the post that Mo Salah put out of him and his family with the trophies, and it was three pictures. And the first one was him and the whole family. And the second one was him. And then the third one was just his daughter wearing the crown of the Premier League trophy. And I thought, that's adorable. That's the best set of three photos I have ever, ever seen. <laughs> and I just thought, on the back of that, I thought, what? I just wanted to know what everybody else's favourite bit of content was. Because I think we, we had a similar conversation last season with the Champions League and all that. And it's obviously a conversation that's it's a relatively new conversation to have in the context of football because if you think back to when we won it in Istanbul, the Champions League, this conversation didn't exist because Twitter didn't exist, and Instagram didn't exist. And now all these, when you get, when you win a trophy like this now, you've got all this extra stuff that comes around, not just the broadcast stuff on Sky or ITV or whatever. You've got the extra players' videos on Instagram when they're going live on the podium and in the dressing room and things like that. And you've got the inside Anfield stuff coming out on YouTube. You've just got this whole world of content and there's so much to choose from and I think it's brilliant but you know that that was my favourite so I just wanted to get the thoughts of everybody else it's um I mean again we live in a there's a wealth isn't there at the, at the moment James and I, it's funny because I while Ben was talking I was thinking like those photos I like the I like quite like the 
the the night of the the night of the title lift where they all pose for the for the with the trophies inside the ground or whatever and you've got the Brazilians and their wives and you realise like they've all they've obviously asked for that photo together because of like they're obviously a tight little community and when you hear Alison saying like they're not gonna go back to Brazil this summer because they, obviously because of the, the pandemic and you realise that the Brazilian lads and the and the and the South, the South American or the Hispanic lads do tend to group together. You think back to Suarez and Lucas, you know, and Coates, etc. But I wonder whether this whole thing has brought them together because they have to live a bit more in each other's pockets. So, like, I, I just love that notion. I love that there's a million stories that are all be, that are all being told around this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I echo everything you've just said. I love, I love seeing all those photos. I love seeing their photos with their families as well because you know it. They, those guys have gone on an incredible journey with them as well. And, and you know, we often don't, we often don't take stock of you know what it means to the families who have to support these guys in the most bonkers of careers you could ever choose. Like it must be absolutely round the twist being married to a, a you know a Premier League footballer. Like bizarre. Um, for me, it was uh, Win Alden. Uh, live streaming the whole thing that's my favorite that is my favorite bit of content i've probably watched that video like eight nine ten times i i love i love all, all the backstage stuff i love seeing behind the curtain you know peering behind the curtain seeing what's going on and the fact that he's wearing them mad glasses and you get to see that different perspective of of henderson doing his shuffle as well from the other side which is just like that's what it's all about man and, and there's a there's a little there's a little bit where you see uh, you see little Nico Williams' face, and he's just like can't believe. It. He's, like, he's like, yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful, and yeah, that for me, man, I I, I love all that, and just see what it means to them all as well, and how you know how much how much kind of camaraderie there is in the squad, and they're all so close, and they really seem to care for each other and care about each other, and you know, obviously, you know, bringing Minamino in as well was really sweet, but, um, yeah, Wijnaldum's, uh, Instagram vid for me. I, I like the fact that he, he went up, Dad, and just took a, took a selfie with the, <laughs> the Premier League selfie, walks up the stairs, gets his priority straight, gets the selfie. No, that, that, I thought that, I thought that was great. I also liked, um, the fact Allison's that he was wearing family. shades all the way through. So. Yeah. I, like, I thought he wanted a selfie with Kenny. I yeah. thought he was going to take it, and then he just he just blanked Kenny and, and a trophy. <laughs> I, I I liked uh, Allison uh, Allison and his wife putting the uh, putting his little boy inside the European Cup for their photo on the pitch. I thought it was really was really nice. Go on, Dad, what what what's the doubt for you? Oh, just before I tell you, I just saw those pictures that Ben was talking about, and that Mo's daughter with the crown on her head. Someone pointed out that none of the players thought to take the crown off the, the trophy and dance around the pitch with it on their head. Yeah. They totally didn't realise it came came off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite was uh, when Kenny was called over by Kelly Cates to it to be interviewed. And in the background, the, the, the players had got together and You'll Never Walk Alone started to play. So you could see Jürgen sort of hesitate. Oh, Jürgen, when she brings Jürgen over. Yeah, Jürgen was sort of hesitating because obviously he wanted to be with the players singing You Never Walk Alone, but he had to be interviewed. But because it was Kelly, she knew what it meant. And she said to him, go, you know, go away, you know, we'll interview you later on. Yeah. <clears throat> so live on television, she rejected a possible interview with the manager of the champions of the Premier League, just so we could go and sing You'll Never Walk Alone. 
I no, that I, was brilliant. No, you're right. I, I remember actually saying that at the time. You're right because obviously being being a, 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 a you know being a scion of the of the Daglish family. I mean, few people are going to get it quite as much. It's interesting because there's that great documentary about Istanbul. I think it was, I don't know if Sky produced it, but. Um, Kelly's interviewed and she's there in Istanbul and they've got her phone footage of a mate jumping around on a, on a chair and he falls off and she just she's killing herself laughing in the stands of Istanbul and yeah she's a she's a fan you're right she she gets it I thought that was a wonderful it was a wonderful touch. there's so much just there's, there's endless stuff and again I, I'm, I'm it's, a, it's a bit after the fact but I'm made up that we got to contribute with the Henderson mural and stuff because, like, obviously we miss all that live and in, in you know, in person. Not that we'd have been up close and personal with it with anyway, but getting to speak to Jordan like two days later and seeing that he's just emotionally still on the edge with everything yeah, it's just been yeah god uh, unreal and yeah what a, what a mad world that we live in. In some regards, we've probably gotten more of this stuff. Than we maybe would have done if it wasn't for the kind of the, the kind of situation that we were in. No, absolutely, absolutely love it. Let us know some of your favourite uh, people in the comments, um, and I'll have a little, a little, a little click, quick flick through them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mostly, what we've just found is people are just talking about uh, transfers in the comments. So it's fine. Uh, Michael McGuinness. Um, uh, the super chat saying got to be Steve Hunter, John Aldridge reactions. I I think actually I I really like Peter McDowell's video, um, who filmed himself doing the because he he did like the Liverpool champions of England or whatever it was shout before they lifted the the the, the trophy didn't he? Like so he had a, a camera on himself which I thought was really which I thought was really nice. Um, yeah, very very good stuff indeed. Okay, um, James, Dexy, Dexy, yeah. Uh... Well, yeah. I mean, let's just talk. Let's let's just all talk about Lovren. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it, it, the news broke last night. We knew it was coming for a few days. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to gauge everyone's reactions. Really, how you feel about him leaving, and 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 what your sort of lasting memories are of you know of him as a as a Liverpool player. Because I think, you know, he's had a tough time, sort of, you know, with the fans on on and off over over his over the course of his time with us and. You know, but but actually, I think in the cold light of day, you know, he, he's always worked really, really hard. He's always given 100%. You know, you can see that on the pitch. You know, leaving, you know, he's, 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 he battles. He's, he's a battler. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do we replace him? Do we, do we need to replace him? You know, is there a conversation that says, you know, maybe we just bring through one of our youngsters or do we have to go out and, and, and strengthen? Um, let's go to you first then, Paul. What, what you know, what are your... Uh, what are your thoughts now that he's gone? Thank you, James. Dynamite work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's two conversations. I think we start let's start with the the, the thoughts and feelings and, and legacy of Lovren, I guess. Uh, and I I think we could be I think we could be dicks here, and we could focus heavily on all the things we don't like about Dejan Lovren and all the things that you know, all the times that we felt let down by him or just got really annoyed by him. And you know, there was a, I mean, I'll I just touch on it because. Without going too heavily in it, but we had, there was a running joke in the Red Men studio with Chris for the longest time about how he he was wiping the slate clean on Dejan Lovren, and we used to do it every few months, and he'd be brilliant, and then he'd have a catastrophic mistake, and then we we were physically joking using whiteboards at a at a point, and it was just became the impossible task. Um, but I, the good thing about it, and and I, I get your thoughts on this, Dad, is that what, he's left Liverpool now. So I don't see there's any there's any real point in lingering on the bad stuff. I think once a player goes, it's not a lot, it's 
it's not our responsibility to to worry about the the weaknesses or flaws of Dejan Lovren. We we know what they were. We live them. You can kind of I think maybe not maybe it's still a bit raw, but I I personally I think we might as well look at the heroic moments and the good things he did for Liverpool. I don't think he'll be lauded alongside any of the, the truly best players to play for Liverpool, but also there's been plenty of centre-halves that have come through the ranks at Liverpool in the last 20 years who will not who, who have done nothing like what Dejan Lovren's done for Liverpool. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wasn't his biggest fan. He did have some horrible moments, but he was still an awful lot better than probably most of the centre-backs we'd had in the 20 years before he arrived. You know, he, he 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 was a move upwards when we we brought him in, um, but we found out that you needed to be even better. And I, I I'll remember him, I think, for his his friendship with Mo Salah, because mm-hmm. that sort of made me smile when I realised that that was a thing. And I'll, I'll sort of remember him for that with a smile on my face, you know. Uh, and, and I think in, in, in the future, people will go, oh, yeah, Lovren, but what about that goal against Dortmund? And I think that's how we remember him. You yeah. know, that he gave, it was another one in, was it a League Cup game he scored in the last minute ahead there against someone? That's that's the kind of thing I think we'll eventually remember him for. And yeah. we'll forget about the Tottenham's of the world, you know. He was a, he was an archetypal centre back for the for the Liverpool team and any number of teams, Ben, that don't that don't finish don't win the title, but often finish, you know, in and around Champions League level football. You know, he he's he good. He was an up he was as my dad alludes there. He was absolutely an upgrade on what we had before him. Yeah, no, um, and and to be fair, the sides that he was in before Van Dyke arrived, you know, were exactly what you said there. You know, I think it's sixteen seventeen. Um, his centre-back partner would have been, well, Lovren and who else have we had? Um, Skirtle. Skirtle, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's still a Sacco. bit early. So, Sacco, yeah. So, they, you know, they were all in and around there. But, 
you know, Denny, Denny goes, and to be fair, you've got one thing to thank him for, I don't mean, but, you know, without his performance at Tottenham, we probably don't sign Van Dijk, because, you know, we, we have that, and, it's, and it's, it's, it sounds like we're making fun of him there, but it's true in a way, um, the way that the team's developed, I think that, that game away at Tottenham in, in October that year, was was really key, um, but overall you've got loads of, you've got loads of heroic moments to, to sort of look back on. Um, you've got the the, the Dortmund game, obviously, um, and I think actually in Kiev he was probably our best player. Um, I think he makes a fantastic tackle on Cristiano Ronaldo to stop it going four really late on. Um, you know, four one in a Champions League final it was a bit embarrassing, but that was a, a big moment really. Um, so you know, as you say, there's no reason really to look back on. Um, that's that is down for people who are paid more than us to analyse Liverpool players and to go right. Well, this is what Lovren was like, and now how can Liverpool upgrade on him? And I think that's 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 it's to leave it's down to us to leave it to those people. I don't I don't think people look back on Skirtle, Dad, and and I don't think people like I mean look again people don't lord Martin Skirtle in any way, shape, or form, but I don't think people. I remember Skirtle really negatively anymore because there's no points, and I think Lovren yeah. probably falls into that category. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, unfortunately, he had to be the sort of centre back leader, didn't he? Because Matip was like a wet lettuce when he first came. Yeah, you know, he, there was no, he had no command at all. Uh, good players he's become since. He, he, you know, it was left to Lovren to, to be the dominant partner, and and I don't think I think he's too headstrong to be that. Yeah, you know he rushes into things, and he, he really should. If someone could teach him to be a little calmer, you know, yeah. then he'd, he'd be a better player. And he and and in go in games, look, Dejan Lovren, James, uh, in games where he was just tasked with defending. I, I I think he's I think he's a very very good defender and you know and he, as you say he has those hero moments I think Ben's not wrong I think between between Lover and Mane they were the two people who, who who gave everything in Kiev to try and claw us back to something in that in, in that football match um, and of course you know we get you know he's in that Croatia side that gets to the World Cup final as well we put a little bit of disrespect on him because again we've had to live we've had to live with them. And we have to live through those mistakes and, and, and the knock-on impacts of them all. I'll always remember when he told the world he was the best player, best centre-back in the world. <laughs> and then someone Love. told Klopp in his, in his dress job, <laughs> Klopp just looked so shocked. Uh, I was literally stood two foot away from Jürgen when he was asked about that. And like, I remember Klopp's reaction was like, he laughed and then was like, like yeah, okay. But, but, but like... Lovren probably shouldn't be saying that himself. <laughs> you know, like, like I've got no problem with him, he is good, but he probably shouldn't be telling the world himself. That, that, that kind of sums him up in a way for yeah. me. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, Virgil van Dijk doesn't go around telling people that he's the best defender in the world because it's just generally accepted by his performances that he is. Lovren, for me, made a lot of high-profile errors in his time at Liverpool, and that's why it's kind of... I think he'll be viewed differently to Skirtle because I don't think Skirtle did make as many hot-headed, didn't have as many hot-headed, high-profile moments. I mean, I'll never forget Lovren blasting one into Rosehead in the quarter in the semi-final of the FA Cup against Aston Villa in the 93rd minute when you're pressing for an equaliser and he thinks that it's a good idea to shoot from 35 yards. Um, you know that that kind of thing, and then to go out and say at some point that you think you're one of the best defenders in the world. That, that, for me, is why Lovren will be viewed differently and perhaps a little bit more negatively going forward than, than Skirtle. I just think, you know, if the hot head was not something that 
was particularly right for us at this club. Yeah. Yeah. Can't can't argue with any of that. But and equally, you know, he go, he goes away with 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 a not you know four trophies and you know a lot of uh, you know a bright future ahead of him. So we got you know we got to wish him all the best. What are you what are your thoughts on on kind of replacements, lads? I mean, what that's 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 I mean that's probably a podcast in itself. Um, but yeah, you know, we've got obviously we've got Vanderberg and um, uh, Hoover. Thank Phillips. you, uh, Phillips. Yeah, who are probably too young for. I would say for the next season, the season after that, I think is where those guys come into play. Um, and you know, Gomez and Matic both uh, both struggle with injuries from time to time. So you know, Fabinho can drop back and play the centre back role if he needs to, but that's not really ideal. So I think we we you know, this is there's an argument that we really do need to go out and spend some spend some proper cash. It's a big there's a big conundrum that Liverpool are going to face off the back of this and the pandemic doesn't help us in any way, shape or form because what we should be looking for is how do you add more quality to your team and well, but that and that's still the, that's still the issue but there's also how do you not lose quality from your team because you're right look you know and we'll talk about Lalana and we might as well kind of bundle it in I guess mm. you know you're losing two very very talented regardless of people's personal opinions on them they are the two the two international caliber footballers with a wealth of experience who are 100% integrated into the squad no you know you don't bat an eyelid when when Lovren or Lalana start for Liverpool, you don't, and that's that's actually a massive testament to them. That's how good they are. Whereas you know, like, like Minamino come in, and I think he could well be a real talent for us, but he's not done it for us yet. And that's the he is the, the perfect example of what happens when you buy a guy in. It might take you, you know, in fact, all of them it takes you six months just to get up to speed, come close to getting up to speed for this side. So yeah, that that's a that's a that's a massive one. You know, we, I mean, it's, that, the, same, always... it's the same conundrum, isn't it, for centre back? Do you buy in a fourth fourth choice centre back, or do you go with a youngster? You know, you can't you can't buy someone. You can't go out and buy Kulabali. I don't think because he'll expect to play. Yeah. So mm. you've got to buy either like a Clavin, who's going to be mm. happy to sit on the bench, but has got experience and won't let you down, or you you you, you rely on one of the youngsters. Um, I was going to say Hoover's going to would be a good sweeper, but I think that's a bit of a oh, oh, joke. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it is a very it's a weird it is it is a very weird one to deal with, isn't it, Ben? And someone's jotting the life notes down while we're doing this. Um, yeah. The uh, the. I'm not sure if it's possible to buy someone of that that quality. I mean, I think 11 million is good value for Lovren, but mm. what Liverpool probably what Liverpool have gotten to so far is we have improved upon what we had. So you buy better, you improve your first 11, and your former first 11 become your bench players and that's how Lovren's ended up as fourth choice we didn't buy Lovren for fourth choice it's a very difficult job it's actually a very difficult job to buy someone better than what you've got but it's equally almost as difficult a job to buy someone who's got the right caliber the right experience the right mentality all of those things it costs the right amount of money who's going to come in and fill that slot yeah I think the problem that you've got with maybe buying a Koulibaly is that you've got Joe Gomez there who's still very young and you want to keep developing him. You know, overall, he's had a good season um, and we're probably all pretty happy with him partnering Van Dijk at centre-back because of the way he'll develop. If you were to bring in a first-choice centre-back now, such as Koulibaly, that's possibly going to be detrimental to Joe Gomez. And also, what does Joe Gomez think? 
you know, if you if if you as a professional have a what you think to be a pretty good season, and then the manager goes out and signs an eighty million pound centre back who's probably going to replace you, that probably does a lot of damage to Joe Gomez's confidence. So I don't think that's the route we go down. Uh, for me, I think we do look at the likes of Hoover now, or you look at like someone like Ben White at Brighton. But the problem that we've got is that Brighton didn't go down, so he's English and he's probably going to be a lot more expensive because they're still a Premier League side. If they've gone down this season. You might have been able to get Ben White at a bit of a cut price because he's probably at the level now, after a good season at Leeds, he's probably at the level now where he's ready to play Premier League football. And it probably would have been ideal because he's quite quite young and you know he, he would have been happy to be the fourth choice centre-back at this stage. But he's probably going to be 30, 40 million now. And you don't know, you know, with the pan, as you say, Paul, with the pandemic and all that, whether we're going to spend 30, 40 million on a four, potentially fourth choice centre-back bit of a no-no so suddenly then yeah you are looking James at the the Clavens again and I mean I just don't I just have a, I just don't have an in-depth knowledge of European football and beyond enough to say oh well there's this 33 year old centre-back playing in the Belgian league would be good for us because you know that and that's down to the scouts to sort of figure out as they go along yeah, it's it, it, it is it is really really tricky. That actually, the more you, the more you've spoken about it, the more I'm I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I think. And, but the other thing with centre backs is centre backs is the is the two the two positions on the pitch who benefit the most from consistency. So pretty much any other player on the pitch, barring maybe our fullbacks, we can we can use our full squad. We can change players up. We can move people around if people are a bit knackered or you know maybe they've played a few European games. Centre-backs, historically, that's the consistency. You want Van Dijk and Gomez playing as many games in a row as you can. Because that's, that's you know, you look, at, you look at the great sides, you know, you look at the United teams, the Chelsea teams, always benefited from having those two players. And barring injury, there was no change to that. So that's what you're saying to anyone coming in. Barring an injury, you ain't going to get first-team Premier League football. It's just not going to happen. Why would you, you know, you'd, you're not going to buy someone to replace Gomez. So I, th- I think it's a really interesting conversation. I think it's one that, you know, probably will go on over the summer. Um, should, we, uh, should we move on to uh, to Lovren? Well, so, we're, uh, sorry, we're, uh, Lalana, sorry. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's why you need us. That's why you work in a job where you need a script, son. Um, <laughs> You'd love to see it. <laughs> it's been so well. Um, yeah, no, I, that, I think all, all, all that we've said, all of the above, I, I think is absolutely is absolutely right in this situation. Um, it will be interesting to see what we what we do. And there might be, look, we never know, there might be some roundabout stuff. Klopp said himself today, or yesterday, it was in, it was in the Echo, certainly, talking about... I, I, the, the, he's kind of softened a bit on the transfer market stuff. I think the, what he's what he's the latest what he's saying is until they know what's happening with next season's Champions League they can't really commit because they don't know how much tra- next season's Champions League is going to wear Liverpool wear to a budget. And if all of a sudden there's 20 million less in the budget or whatever, because Champions League isn't going to be worth as much, then that'll have a knock-on effect. effect. But look, getting 10 million for Lovren will be 10 million that goes towards, I think, the, the, a potential transfer kitty. And if you can get 10 for Lovren, it opens up to conversations for your Wilsons and your Grewitches, etc., etc. In fact, we did have a quite uh, a super chat a little bit earlier, actually, just asking about the um, about that from Royal Arch, saying keep Wilson and Grewitch. I say yes. Cheers from the USA. Cheers, Royal Arch. Um, and. I mean, again, that they, 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 they're in both of them, but there's also potential money in both of them. Yeah, and I, I wonder whether there's any other sort of slippage in the squad as well. I, I was interested in seeing uh, Origi hanging back on the pitch at the end the other night, whether that's a sign that he's 
fancies getting off now. He's not getting on often enough for a player his age, is he? And he must fancy his chances of getting regular first-team football somewhere other than here. And if he goes, you know, are we going to splash out money on a forward? Because then you're talking money. Yeah. And you might find you haven't got money for it for elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think a lot of this season is going to depend on... on, on uh, we, if we can't spend, we'll have to rely on the youth. We'll have no choice. But we're also better placed than any other side that's ever had to do this because we've got well, all our senior players are world class players, which I think helps. But you know, we, well, I just want... remembered Rian Brewster as well. And Rian Brewster. Well, that's exactly it. You know, in terms of in, in Brewster, who's still a bit unknown, of course. Curtis Jones, Nico Williams. You've de- you've got three players there who were all capable of covering minutes in the league because we've seen that already but yeah it's whether we still need additional quality but you know and just as an aside you know again you bring in someone like a Thiago you know for, you know, for, for if it's possible I don't know if it's possible does that maybe free up you know, you don't what you want for being your playing DM every week, but there might be games where you've got a midfield today of Thiago, Henderson and Cater. And you could you can put Fabinho into centre half if you if you really need to in those situations. You might get an extra an extra centre half by buying a centre mid. I don't think that's the right idea, but you know we've seen it with Fernandinho at Manchester City. It's certainly a possibility. Anyway, Lallana, um, James, what what's your what are your thoughts on Lallana? We, you know we we were putting together a Lallana special, which is going out later on this week. Um, he's another one where I I, I wonder whether because we were joking in the office last night that. We 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 should we're not doing a farewell Lovren special, and I feel I feel a little bit sly for that. And I wonder whether it's how Jurgen Klopp has put this over to the fans actually has been a big a big factor in this because he's gone out of his way to let the world know how much he loves Lallana. You know they've they had a big ceremony for him at, at training. He got to lift the trophy with Klopp at the you know at the at, the, uh, at Anfield the other week. You know you've got all these videos and stuff coming out. You know Jordan's coming out and doing videos. No, he's his mate, but. Are we uh, Lalana's being held up as this thing? Uh, well, uh, does he have a better or worse legacy than Dejan Lovren? Really? Uh, on on the pitch, probably not. But I think you know we, a lot of it's behind the scenes. You know, I don't think you can underestimate how important someone like that is to a is to a dressing room and is to a club. And uh, you know, the manager obviously, you know, as we know, thinks really highly of him. The captain thinks really highly of him. I mean, he's probably. You know, there's probably been parts of the season and, you know, the, the past couple of seasons where he's almost been um, Henderson's sort of number two. You know, he's been his, his sort of right-hand man, someone that can sort of galvanise and inspire people. And, and, you know, let's 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 not forget that, you know, Adam is a really, really good footballer. He's got bags of tricks. On his day, you know, driving forward, he connects things. He can always find a pass. He's, 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 he's been a great player. I think my, my kind of overriding thing is, is, is probably a bit of frustration. I think that he hasn't had that kind of consistent run in the side. And I think, I think he'll probably, despite the trophies, I think he will look back with a, with a, with a hint of, um, yeah, probably frustration and, and, and maybe a little bit of regret that he didn't contribute enough. But again, you know, that goal against United... You know that'll 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 do for me. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good legacy. I think it's you know I'd love I'd love to see him going into coaching. I think I think that's something that I could definitely see him doing. He's a you know he's an intelligent guy. He's a nice guy. He knows football. He's had a he's had a really decent career. Um, it's not the it's not the last we'll see of of, of Adam Lallana. Yeah, he's um he, I, in terms of individual talent, Dad. You know, is is 
ball control. I think it gets a bit underrated all of a sudden because look, he's not because he's never been like he's never been possessed with lightning pace and he doesn't score loads of goals. But like he is genuinely both footed, his close control. And when you think about if you look when we signed him. There weren't many English players who were like that. Now we've had a fresh crop since then, you know, like you know, like your Jaden Sancho's and your Callum Hudson Adoys and, and and you know, and all these more and more are starting to come through with that kind of ilk. But you know, your archetypal England midfielder prior to that was it was still your Eric Dyers and you you know, you see it with Declan Rice's and that that kind of stuff who are physical lads first and foremost. Lalana is a is a supremely talented footballer. Yeah, he, that that's what stands out about him is there was he was so talented on the ball, you know, lovely, silky skills. And and his contribution was terrific. I always remember that cross for Wijnaldum's headed goal when we beat City 1-0 in Anfield. You know, um, that, that sort of sums him up in that he, he's able to get all over the pitch and to do damage all over the pitch. I mean, I think when he... When Klopp first came, I don't know anyone who didn't think Adam Lallana was the archetypal Klopp player who, who ran his legs off all over the pitch. And, you know, Gegen Preston was, you know, made for, for Lallana or the other way around. But by the end, I think everyone was saying Lallana isn't up to being a Klopp player. And I think to some extent that's the way the team have developed. Yeah. You know, he's become redundant in our side now. And obviously, age plays a part in that as well. And I'm glad he's moving on to a footballing team. You know, a team yeah. that plays football. In you know, yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, you know, I, I still think he's got a lot to give. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's exactly it, isn't it? Benny, you know, he's 32 years old. He's had a, he's had a good run at the football club. He's a he'll, he'll be a high wage earner for what he, for for what he is and what we're getting out of him now as well, which is always a consideration in in, in these kind of things. Um, and yeah, we've just you know you're right. I mean that's right there to say redundant, but as as is a word that kind of carries a bit of a negative you know negative connotations, I guess, just because of how how else it can be used. But the side just evolved past him a little bit. You know, you've got Oxley Chamberlain came in to, as an upgrade for him, and you know if Oxley Chamberlain can be as useful a servant to us as Lalana, then we'll have, we'll have had a good you know a good buy. But Lalana for me was, you know, he was a uh, he set the tone. You know. There's a time when it's 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 mad to think like he was a twenty odd million pound player in a time where Liverpool didn't spend twenty million pound play on a lot of players, you know. But we needed to have you needed to have a squad full of twenty million pound players if you wanted to be successful. And Lallana has, has, has been that for us, really. Yeah, and I think I think um, saying that the side evolved past him is, is difficult. It's difficult to quantify that because the biggest caveat with Adam Alana was always if he can stay fit. He's good if he can stay fit. He will be in the side if he can stay fit. And unfortunately, that's what let him down. I'm pretty sure that, a bit like Daniel Sturridge in a way, if if he didn't have as many injuries as that, I don't think the side would have evolved past him. I think he would have had a big part to play. If you think about 16-17, you know, we, had, we still had Wijnaldum Henderson in that midfield in that season. And he was starting a lot of games in that season and he was scoring a few goals and he was a real bright spark. Now, you know, we're a more possession-based side now and, you know, we tend to dictate the play a lot more than we used to. But I still think that he had a role to play yeah. if he could stay fit. And that was that was the thing with him. And that's why I think he's he's definitely worth, um, you know, going to Brighton. Because I still think he's a Premier League standard footballer. Yeah. And if they can keep him fit 
they're going to have a very, very good player on their hands. Now, that's the problem, though, because obviously as you get older, those injuries become more frequent than they were before, potentially, you know. So so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on uh, at Brighton. But I, I think um, I think he, he does have a good legacy to leave behind at Liverpool. I've got nothing but fond memories of him. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's good. It's good to see he getting a good move in the end. Yeah, it just it just is what it is. It happens. You know, football teams do they, they change the style. Like, you know, I wonder whether I love I love the, the the sliding doors concept. And there's the, there's a pre season. I think it must be 17, 18, I guess. Maybe it's, maybe it's 16, 17, whatever, the, whatever Coutinho's last season is. And, you know, we go into that. We're, I think we've prepared that season for the midfield, midfield three of Henderson, Coutinho, Lalana. You know, we, we were gearing up towards that. Lalana was playing in that in that eight box-to-box eight role and we were gearing up to move Coutinho more into midfield. Lalana gets injured the week before the season starts and Coutinho puts a transfer request in and goes AWOL. And... What happens that season is, yeah, we get we get a tune out of Coutinho for half a season. Lalana doesn't really recover to to contribute. I mean, he ends up on the bench for the Champions League final, I think, or comes on. You know, does he? Is he in fact is he even the one who comes on for for Salah in the final? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when he was never ready and never and never anything like like for like fit and they're just going back to the pace the pace points. But I do wonder whether we'd have been we could have been a bit more city esque in how we were lining up, but instead we're forced to adapt to change. And instead that you know we 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 fall upon the Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum in midfield three and and don't look back. You know in that in that regard, and that becomes the basis for how the team's built. So yeah, it is funny. I think Lallana will be remembered fondly, and and, and I think he should do as well because as much as we talk about you know Lovren's friendship with with Salah, you know the the, the Lalana Henderson Milner connection. They're just English lads at the heart of the team. I know some people from outside because you don't don't maybe get that sometimes. And I'd look, I prefer them to all be scousers, but English is close enough. The um, I think it's important to have that in your club, not least of all because it is the it's the rules, <laughs> and you have to have a number of homegrown players just to be able to have a squad that you can put out on the pitch. Um, but no, that's a, that is a, that will be a, a, a it will be a miss, and, and especially to the dressing room. Um, Lung uh, Kenneth actually with the super chat here with their uh, twenty five Hong Kong dollars, I believe that is. Thank you. Uh, considering ads as replacement, shall we consider big names or quality bench players? His impact in the changing room is extraordinary, irreplaceable. I, the, the thing about me for on this replacement, Dad, is that I don't think you need to buy a Lalana replacement. I think Curtis Jones is just ready. I think you just give Curtis Jones his minutes, and you're fine there because you've already got Ox is still looking for more game time. Cater's looking for more game time, and I think that's more than that's more than enough. And you've maybe then just looking for what was the maybe one or two games where you need someone else you can cover in the DM, which is what Alana did very briefly yeah, last season. Obviously, Wayne um, Aldum's contract issues are going to be key to that as well. You know, if yeah. he signs on for more time, then you know you don't really need to do much with your midfield. Um, I, I, I do think you have to be a bit careful about filling your squad with young lads, though. Yeah. I mean, there's, only, there's, a, there's a, a sort of finite number that works, I think, um, before your squad starts to dissipate. I mean, you look at City's bench week in and week out. You know, it, it's top class all the time. And, and if you want to compete with them, you've got to start getting to those kind of levels in your squad. 
Um, so you know, maybe three would be enough. So. We we I was actually I was actually actually we were gonna I was gonna talk about it before that, but we've had this conversation. We when we whenever Liverpool have gotten to the top, in fact, it's not never normally the top. What used to happen was we'd finish second, and then we'd get rid of all the old players. Like we you know two thousand one, two thousand two, and around that period, you know, we start to see the end of at the end of Gary Mack, etc. You know, Lippmann and doesn't really get a fair crack of the whip or whatever. He gets moved on. We do it in 0809 as well, where we we're hoping that the really experienced lads get you know can be replaced by others. That that's that's the difficulty, you know, and it's why there's, there's talk about like, what will what will Milner do. Even if Milner doesn't play next season, you've got to keep Milner for another season, and you've got to keep you, you know if you're losing Lovren and Lalana, that you can't really afford to lose any more senior age lads, particularly ones who've got big personalities yeah, in the dressing I mean, room. I mean, Julio made that big mistake, didn't he, getting rid of all? He didn't even sign Nicky and Elko when he had the chance to keep him. I mean, he went for, like, fresh legs and ended up with a shower of dopes, basically. But, <laughs> um, well, I mean, the, the Liverpool way was always changed slowly. Everything evolves. So you're buying one or two players here and there, and you 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 sort of blending them into the squad, and it it change. You look at aside five years ago, and it's totally different to what it is now. But it's almost been unnoticeable. It's just happened, and that that's the way to do it. You know, you change one or two players here and there each season, uh, you end up with a better squad. Yeah, and that, I think that's the the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely, completely, completely, completely agree with that. Um, yes, okay. Well, unless we've got anything more to call upon, uh, obviously people want to dive into the transfer stuff in, in a wider sense. And I think there's some interesting conversations to be had. We're going to be doing the Reds transfer roundup show on um, Wednesday. That is going to be the uh, subscriber show and the YouTube member show as well. So if you're a YouTube member, if you're joining on a club captain or a club legend level on YouTube memberships, not only do you get the custom votes, not only do you get discounts on Redmen merch, uh, which I'm actually yeah, I am actually at the moment which is great uh, and of course you've got the wonderful Campioni t-shirts that you might be able to see behind me um, you get one bonus show every single week during the season it's the final word during summer it is the Reds transfer roundup I'm going to be doing that I'm going to be hosting that show this week I'm going to talk about the money that's freed up from the sale of Lovren and the moving on of Lalana, whether it's wages and transfer budgets bit more on Jürgen Klopp's comments about what that how Liverpool might adapt their approach as the transfer window moves on and look at which players we think Liverpool should be keeping, selling and loaning as well so if it's a perfect time for you to join up as a YouTube member right here right now but if you want more, if you want that aforementioned season review show is a two part special, player season ratings is a three episode special uh, there's also the player players of the year which is another three episode special and there's a three part season documentary coming out, all going to keep you entertained over these summer weeks um, then do go to the redmentv.com and sign up for that and if you're enjoying the free stuff then the, the, there will be some free stuff for you of course um, but we will be kind of ramping things down a little bit while we try to take a little bit of a breather between seasons um, you know the team are getting two weeks off we might just about get that um, between us so yeah if you want to support what we're doing then either become a YouTube member um, subscribe to the redmentv.com and look if you don't have the money please 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 don't feel as though I, you know I'm saying you have to i'm not saying that at all it helps you just watching if you just do as little as just drop a like on the videos or share the videos on your socials and just tell a friend about it 
do what you can if you enjoy it do what you can to help us out and yeah it's always greatly appreciated right james thank you so much uh ben thank you so much dad thank you so very much and cy fletcher the absolute hero behind the camera who i found on the couch in the office this morning um the, I, he's the real hero of the day so just every every like is one is one more minute sleep for Sai. Um, so drop a, <laughs> drop a like on the video. Uh, leave a five-star podcast review as well. And as I say, head over to the redmentv.com and sign up and we will see you there. ta -ra.